Welcome to the Tea with Brie. I'm your host, Brie. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio, an intro into how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. This week, I am joined by my guest, Nathan Wien Pham who uses they, them pronouns, is a Louisianian-born Texan, raised Vietnamese and American activist with three years of experience in HIV prevention, education, queer and trans visibility, and advocating for intersectional QTBIOPOC empowerment. Starting their career as a student staff at the Gender and Sexuality Center at the University of Texas at Austin, they provided and built community to queer and trans UT students from all across the states in an organization called Hangout. After graduating, they honed their skills at AIDS Services of Austin in the Q Austin, where they founded QTS, Queer and Trans Socials, a recovery-friendly sober program, as well as provided direct services to individuals affected by HIV. In the fall of 2019, they organized and launched To All the Asians We Haven't Heard, a public storytelling event for queer, trans, Asian Pacific Islander Austinites, which provided them the momentum to co-found AQUA, A-Q-U-A, Austin Queer Asians, a private group that is for individuals who identify as Asian and LGBTQIA+, to build and grow community. They are also one of the co-organizers of Queer Bomb Austin for the last two years. Well, everyone, this is Nathan. <laughs> uh, you and I met, what? a year two years ago now because it had to be throughout youth it was definitely at a tabling thing yeah wait i I think we officially met when we did the tabling at um we work because you were there with juan yes that's when we finally like shook hands and like hung out and did the whole thing we were able to shake hands and see people in public oh my gosh yeah we didn't appreciate that back then (laughs) (laughs) i took it for granted (laughs) i think one of the the biggest things is like most of my really really cool friends they're all behind tables doing like queer org stuff like it's just been a really great way to network and meet friends like the networking aside like meeting friends has been so good yeah i mean my brain right now is saying let the queers and the people of color do the work honestly (laughs) just gonna say it (laughs) i make no apologies for it (laughs) Uh, is there anything else you want the the lovely listeners to know about you i mean i could boast about you for hours and when we first got on this call i literally was just like look at nathan out here looking great. There's a I shimmy. Nathan's longer. It's just a whole vibe out here. Uh, I, I read this amazing joke. My friend was telling me about how uh, COVID's kind of like a like a dominatrix putting us through like forced feminization situations. So I'm definitely giving those looks out right now. Um, but otherwise, no, I think that's pretty good. We can talk about who I am and how I identify though. Go for it. Now is your time to show. Oh, that was my time. All right, cool. (laughs) Uh, I'm Nathan Wien Pham, and I am a second-generation American uh, from the Vietnamese War. I was displaced. My parents were refugees, and I identify as a lovesick, queer, trans, non-binary person. Um, I'm practicing polyamory now, but I also identify as polyamorous because I feel like it was something innate in me and I can definitely get into that in a second too. Oh, we will for sure. (laughs) So Nathan, like my other guests, like to remind me how single I am and Nathan's (laughs) topic for today um, is about dating relationships and love. And this conversation came from us just like catching up during quarantine one day. And I have told other listeners, the listeners before I made the conscious decision not to date in 2020. 
And that really came from last year. I was dating this one guy who was younger than me, but you know, I also had known him for a while. And actually he's the person who really pushed me into starting this show. So I will forever be grateful to him for that. Um, but I, I realized I wasn't ready to be in a relationship with him. We were in very different places. Um, and then so that relationship ended and we don't speak at all. And then I started dating another person. And by dating, like we weren't like officially together. I like, I like to call it, we were in a situationship. And, um, you know, had known them for a while too. They're still one of my really great friends. Um, but that relationship also didn't work out and we've gone different ways and you know we still talk often like I said they're one of my dearest friends but that didn't work out and so in January I really sat with why have I been dating so badly why have I been feeling the need to be in a relationship and I've told you this like I am really good at being single (laughs) like I am like I always say I made a post last year about being like a professional single woman like I'm really good at like I know who I am and it is also a really big defense mechanism because, you know, that whole trope of like, no one can be worse to you than you are. And so for a long time, I would tell myself that people didn't want to date me. And it was a lot of the fact that I didn't like myself, let alone love myself when I was younger. And so over like the last five, six, 10 years, really working towards unapologetic, full love to myself, which as RuPaul says, is the most important relationship in your whole life and really learning who I was as a person and having talked to a few friends who jumped from relationship to relationship and that never had never been my MO. And so talking to these friends who were like, you know, if I'm not in a relationship, I don't know who I am. And for me, that was terrifying because, you know, when my mom passed when I was 15 and my dad and I stopped talking when I was 18, like I have essentially quote unquote been on my own since I was 15, 16 years old. And so like I've had 10, 15 years of being really solid in who I am and always knowing that like, if no one else has got me, I have got me. And so like, it is so hard for me to let people in romantically. I mean, when we talk about like the abandonment issues that I have, because I did a whole podcast episode about that already. Um, But yeah, like when you wanted to talk about this and I was like, let's, let's see (laughs) what comes with this conversation. Because I always say like, I, I've always seen myself as a parent, like I want to be a mom in the worst way possible, but I've never seen myself as a long-term partner with anyone. And so it's interesting, like how different <laughs> we view, like I am also like a hopeless romantic, but I'm also like, mm, we'll see if love ever happens. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> when you wanted to talk about this, I just love like our two different perspectives on like being really good at being single. And then also you identifying as being um, polyamorous and practicing polyamory. So I'm so stoked. Yeah, for sure. I I mean, if we're going to go that far back, like um, my mom divorced my father when I was one. And so she, I grew up in a single mother household um, for like most of my life until like I was eight. And then she started seeing my stepdad. And it was just it was this really interesting thing, you know, like my mom was just always working, always working, always working. And it kind of reminds uh, uh, me of two people on this call right now. I've <laughs> just always been working, always working, always working. Um, but she like never really um, prioritized like affection or uh, like words of affirmation until way later into my life. And so like right now, um, like I am seeing three folks right now and, and, and a couple. Um, and so that's five people. <laughs> um, but prior to that, I haven't ever been single in the last 12 years and I just turned 25. (laughs) And so like, I haven't been single for longer than a week in those 12 years. And some people like kind of like, Oh, something's wrong. Something's up. But other times I'm just feeling it out. Like I never really saw a reason to be single or I would, sometimes I would like end up in a situationship, as you said, Sometimes I would fall ass backwards and sometimes I would fall face first into this like infatuation thing. And so like, I've always just had the opportunity to, and I never really uh, felt like I should say no. Um, But like right now, like during COVID, like I've really spent a lot of time figuring out why I want to be in the relationships I'm in right now, as well as um, what does being poly, like as part of my sexuality look like? 
like 10 years from now or 20 years from now? Am I always going to be dating or am I going to settle down and like some like close fidelity thing? Am I going to stay open or change? Like I'm like hugging myself thinking about it because it's so insecure. (laughs) Um, But, you know, thinking about the future and like talking about the future with the people I'm seeing right now, it's like some of those answers I feel like need to come sooner than later but there's also like no rush because it's just like it's been really beautiful to like be able to explore each relationship simultaneously but also like separately or in combination it's it's complex and simple sometimes i don't know i would love i would love you to poke and prod because i it's so amorphous i have no idea where to start with it yeah i mean the first question i i have in my mind is what is Pollux? I think there's a lot of different like definitions out there. So I want like you to be able to, to say like what being poly is for you, how, you know, when did you, you know, first realize you wanted to be poly? Was it something you always felt? I mean, you saying like you have, have been in some sort of relationship or relationships or situationships for the last 12 years is like a lot. Like my brain is like, <laughs> like it's, it's almost more than half my life. I know. That's <laughs> so wild to me. And I'm like, I'm lucky if I can get like myself to pay like 12 minutes of attention to someone. Like, yeah. and, and sometimes I'm, I, and I mean, it's for sure like a defense mechanism, but this isn't what we're talking about right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Like, um I I first started going and thinking about poly like when I was 16 and um and that was my first poly relationship. I was dating uh, a girl in Hawaii while I was in Arlington, uh, Arlington, Texas, uh where I pretty much was raised and grown in like an isolated Vietnamese community. Uh, I was dating someone in town in Arlington well, um, and we had been seeing each other for a long time. And I had started feeling those feelings um, that now I acknowledge as just like a level of affection that I have when it comes to uh, one partner compared to another. And I remember at the time being 16 and not having any emotional intelligence skills uh, and my my in-town partner was also kind of the same way. Like I fell into a poly relationship on accident with like no research, no resources. And I started by like waking up at seven in the morning to get ready for high school and like going to high school, texting both of them all throughout the day. And then as soon as I got off, I would hang out with my in-town partner until seven or eight p.m. And then... They would go to sleep. um, And then around that time, there was like an eight or nine hour time difference. And so my other partner would wake up. And so I would stay up until like two in the morning and then we would talk. And then I would fall asleep for three or four hours, wake up and then do it again. (laughs) So like I, I knew I wanted it and I worked hard to have it. And like I'm continuing to work hard now because it's just like, it's always like a really different time with every different person um and so like polyamory itself is the ability or the identity that allows you to love and be in committed relationships that are more than just one relationship right um and there are like non-monogamous folks who have a partner but they like um sleep with folks that they are interested in or they have some non-platonic relationship with other people, right? And so it can look a lot of different ways. Like uh, a few of my friends have like don't ask, don't tell situations. Um, Some folks are long distance, so they keep it open until they like finally U-Haul and get together, Um, which is like, you know, it really depends on the person. But for for me right now, uh, like especially in this very reflective moment during COVID and all this free time, all this alone time, I'm like dating separately to really figure out what the next few years look like. And so dating separately is just like, I'm not dating a, like a couple and they're both dating me. Um, and like, that's it. And like, it's close, but I'm dating uh, three folks. And then that couple that I mentioned earlier, which is like, really freeing. I feel like I can provide and express my feelings a lot more freely because like, I don't know, I feel like this like straight, like the script, I, 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 re- I refer to like the straight script or the cis script. I like watched Dirty Dancing for the first time like two nights ago. And I was like, 
what? That's how that's how people do it. That's what I was supposed to do. Um, like following the script was just like there is no script, so I can like make anything. And I think that's a really beautiful thing that I'm able to do right now. I have so many questions. So yeah. okay. <laughs> just rambled, but yeah. no, no, that was perfect. I think for me it's you know, first things first, the fact that like you knew at 16 that you wanted both these relationships to work and the amount of time and commitment you put into them. I'm just like staying up that late as at 16, I'm like, I'm tired. Like thinking about that. <laughs> Never um, doing that again. <laughs> yeah, no, sleep is so important. Um but the fact that like you had no resources or references, so you just kind of like figured it out. And that's like, I was also sitting here thinking like, have I seen any sort of representation around like openness and polyamory and those things lately? And so like, I'm like, oh, I still need, need to look at that too. Cause you know, I've had one person who I was seeing who their them and their partner were open. And so I was seeing one of them and that yeah. was a little messy in the beginning because they hadn't told their partner about me and their partner kind of found out and it was a whole big mess. And then yeah. I had another partner who wanted to be poly slash open. And for me, I don't like, and so I sat down and talked to them. I was like, I have a, for me, I think the reason I don't want to be, A, it goes back to like my abandonment issues of like never already feeling good enough. And so I'm like, if we're in a partnership and you need another partner, I feel like that means I'm failing in some way which is a whole different conversation. And then also, um, I have a lot of really important platonic relationships. Like I am blessed in having a lot of friends and connections and people who I feel as though bring a lot of value to my life. And so like thinking of having multiple romantic partnerships for me is just not something I'm interested in or I don't think would benefit me because I have so many friends. And so like hearing the way you talk about it, I was like, I feel like I have a lot of love to give, but I have a lot of platonic love to give. Um, But also like the way I show up in those partnerships is really like heavy. Like I am a really good friend. I'm a really good partner. And I think of partner as like platonic and romantically. And so like just hearing you talk, I'm just like, just lots lots of, lots of breathing and, and listening and just, you know, being willing to, to learn. Cause it's like, for me, it's just like something I never have ever seen for me. So it's yeah. fascinating. I mean, the 16-year-old poly relationship blew up. It worked for like a month and a half because I was sleep deprived and cranky all the time. I was still trying to go through high school and also trying to do that during high school. It was really complicated. Um, and so like that, I felt like that was like one of the last few nails in my like committed long-term relationship at the time um, because it was just like, it was just really hard to like figure out where one's agency is when you're talking about someone else's happiness right um and like setting those boundaries and not having those boundaries when i was 16 and like now like boundaries look like uh i have two google docs for two of my partners like they're separate and like <laughs> like on those like god if i ever share this with you it'd be so funny like, i'd have to like censor a whole bunch of stuff but like it's wild like we had like really decided like like monetary boundaries like material boundaries time boundaries um, we have like a, like a small list of like triggers and like really important ways to like, like, what do you do when you're sad? And we're trying to have a sad conversation. Like, what do you do when you're angry? Like, how do I like know those things? Right. And so like, I mean, like there's a, there's a constant joke is about like how like half of what Polly is, is just constantly talking. Like I just nonstop talking. Um, I mean, I had a, a, a conversation about like jealousy with um, a person who's like in their first poly relationship with me. Um, and they're just like, what, what, like, I felt jealous this one night and I just like shoved it down and I was scared to bring it up. And I was like, no, it's totally okay. I want you to bring it up because like everyone feels jealousy. And they asked me like, oh wait, you feel jealousy? And I was like, I'm, yeah, I'm jealous and envious all the time. And, like splitting up those two. Like, I think something beautiful you said was like having the ability to give a lot of platonic love, like like separating what romantic, sexual, platonic like energies are like, right? And so for me, like sometimes I'm like like splitting up what jealousy and envy are is like huge deal. Like completely changed how I saw relationships and friendships, and um, also like decolonizing that like capitalistic desire to own things. Like I was like, am I feeling jealous? Which is the the fear that someone having something else will mean that you will lose that person. 
Uh, and then envy is like wanting what someone else has, right? And so like, I don't know, like it is, I'm like envious all the time. With like one of my, my partners, I can't see them like or touch them or hold them or kiss them right now because like we're quarantined from each other like it's just not possible so going into work um i'm envious of their roommates like of like being able to like cook and sit down be together and then you don't know it's like having those tools now has really changed my life and like allowed me to have healthier friendships as well as a person who talks a lot i appreciate (laughs) the constant communication and you and i were just talking about this before we jumped on the recording is both of us getting into therapy for me getting back into therapy and how like I am really good at like soul searching and doing a lot of like self-evaluation and calling myself out a lot of the time. Um, I I have been in therapy. I started going to therapy when I was 15, 16 years old. Um, So really learning like how to sit with myself, ask myself questions. And then in turn, I think that's what's helped me be, be such a good friend, aunt, <laughs> co-worker, what have you, because I am really good at talking, but I'm also really good at listening and doing, I mean, I was a social worker for a while, like listening to what you say, repeating it back to you, making sure I understand you and then, and then communicating back because I'm, I like, even you asked the question to your person of like, well, how do we talk when you were upset? How do we talk when you're angry? And I'm like thinking about these things and I'm like, oh, like, do I have these conversations when I'm seeing people because like I had a coworker um at when I worked at Out Youth, uh we were we had a really big project coming up and I asked this um coworker not to specifically not to touch this thing and use it. And they did. And angry me knows how okay, for those who don't know my full chart, <laughs> it's a lot. Cause like I'm a Pisces sun, but I'm on the Aries cusp. So I have like a very short, I'm emotional, but I have a very short fuse. My, my moon is in Sag and my rising is in Taurus. So I have like a lot going on. And so like I, again, doing a lot of self-evaluation, but I know when I am angry, I can be really hurtful. Mm. But I, So therefore my Pisces heart is also like, I need to remove myself and be angry before I can have a conversation because I want it to be a beneficial conversation and constructive and not just come out of anger and frustration. And so my, one of my old bosses used to say, Brie has a three-day window. Like there, there used to be days when I like, she knew like every three, like, if she made me mad, it would take like three days for me to like come back and talk to her. And she's like, I, you, you have your three days. And I was like, I do. Like I just need a minute to sit. And so like hearing that, like it's, you know, what I got is that it's just a lot of communication and there's a lot of honesty, there's a lot of vulnerability. And, you know, nowadays we, you know, seeing people, especially like with this internet culture, like being very petty and very catty and just like wanting to be hurtful. And I'm like, I don't subscribe to that. Like I am very much like on my my Oprah Super Soul Sunday energy at all times. Like I want us all to do well. I want us all to be happy. I want us all to be the best version of ourselves. And so, you know, having stopped talking to people who are like that or, you know, me always trying to constantly make amends, even if I even if I don't feel like I am wrong, I will say sorry in the hopes of saving a relationship. So yeah, just like hearing that of like the the main part of the work is communication. And I think, you know, having talked to one of my really close guy friends about like my dating woes, if we can even call them that. Um, and we've talked about this because uh, when we first met, I thought he was the cutest person on the planet. And so he, <laughs> I was flirty, but like not too flirty. Not the point of the story. So we <laughs> were talking one day. He's like, oh, I could never date someone like you. And I was like, oh, tell me more about that. He goes, I just feel like I have nothing to offer you. He's like, you are such a solid person and it scares a lot of people. And I, I'm constantly told that, not that I am intimidating, but people are intimidated because like, I really know who I am. My, my, my friends I just recorded, were like, you're just such a boss ass person. <laughs> like you do all these great things and you're super humble and you're just really approachable. And I was like, well, I'm just me. Like, I don't think about it. And she's like, no, but like for a lot of people, that is a lot to take in. Like, you know, all these people, you do all these things. And so a lot of people don't know how to fit into your life. And so with me, I've just gotten to a point of, I just stopped trying. Like there are a couple of people right now that I have like interest in, but I'm also just like, I'm so jaded from trying and it blowing up that I'm just like, I am sick of telling people I'm into them. And then I was trying and it blowing up. I'm like, why can't someone just tell me they're interested in me? That's how I feel right now. 
I'm so sorry you're going through that. I mean, it must be difficult to like also like be in COVID and like try to like negotiate. I I think I think one of the one of the things that I used to talk about all the time was um, how beautiful the word negotiation is. And so like I when I would when I was like practicing a lot of like BDSM a few years ago, I was like, okay, let's negotiate. Let's sit down and talk about like, what do you want? Where do you want it? How do you want it? And then like the same questions like come when like negotiating, like what a relationship's going to look like. Right. But like, honestly, I can give you like a really quick, like rundown of like, what do you look like when you're angry, sad, or hurt? I clam up, which is the exact opposite of what <laughs> needs to happen in, in tough conversations sometimes. Um, and so like, you know, like I'm not good at it. I'm trying, but I'm not good at it. I'm never going to be like, I'm the best at it. Um, but I think those conversations like allow you to practice. I think some people say like conversations are like the crucibles of like challenging your own ideas and expanding your horizons. Like those conversations, sometimes I like walk away, like learning that um, I have no idea what I want anymore. Or like, for example, um, I was talking to uh, one of my partners and when we first got together, I was looking to like settle down into like a poly fidelity, like poly fidelity situation where like I would be dating someone, they would be dating someone and we would both be dating that person. Um, and then like things changed uh, and I had not reflected on what I wanted in a while, especially like, like short, medium term, right? Long term, I guess I still want that. But like, now I'm like, even more open to that not being my end goal anymore. And like, in that conversation, I found out and in that conversation, they found out. <laughs> and that was like a really hard conversation to have. But, um, but like, now we're better. And now I feel even happier when I hug them and, and, and kiss them or whatever. It's definitely like a different feeling when when going through that i mean one of the biggest things like people like shit on me for like not being single for so long is like do you even know who you are by yourself and i'm mm. like yeah yeah i do like i i love all of these things right like one of the another joke about poly folks is like really knowing uh, what you're doing with your time and so i have a google calendar that is <laughs> packed tight <laughs> with like okay so i'm gonna have dinner tonight on Tuesday uh, and then I'm gonna have like lunch with the other person on Wednesday and so on and so on and so on um but like like tomorrow I've scheduled rest I've scheduled me time I've scheduled um like times to to think about or scheduling in therapy like those are like just me like they're not invited um so I guess I guess that's definitely a feeling and I was talking to another friend about like how they were recommended to look for something that was like, like godlike or like, like monumental or like spiritual and, um, or like something that like gave them like greater purpose or like something that was outside of them that like would help them find hope or direction or something that would guide them. Um, and I, I, before that conversation, I never named it, but my like godlike thing is like love. Like I'm so in love with love. Um, and like it would, I, there are so many times I would be possessed by, by it, right? Like it's like this combination of like lust and love sometimes. It has so many different textures and flavors and like combinations with so many different things. But sometimes like I've like looked at people and it like hurt to look at them because I either like love them so much or, or I feel so much when I look at them. I don't know. It's, it's definitely like all around me. It's definitely why I like chose like my profession in like activism and like, like focusing on protecting and creating connections between like queer and trans folks and also like BIPOC folks with other BIPOC folks that have like either similar experiences because like I've watched relationships blossom I've watched like, or like even like start there. And that's why I like creating those situations. Like between you and I, like we either create stages or open doors for other people. Like I love creating rooms for people to meet. I'm just going to hire you as my matchmaker. You go pre-vet people for me. Like, hi, Nathan's <laughs> going to interview you for an hour and then mm -hmm. they'll report back to me if they sure. think you need to move on to the next level of like actually like going on a date. 
this is going to be like a, like a two day workshop, like four hours each where like I put them down and like make them take the love, the love languages quiz, <laughs> interview them. Like how, what are you looking when you're hurt? Yeah, like the whole job interview. <laughs> I love this. I was joking with a friend a couple weeks ago. I'm like, I know it's going to sound like really terrible, but I think I would have loved an arranged marriage. <laughs> like just to know that like this person is going to, for me, it's like talk, like think like sitting there, like just now saying that it's, for me, it's like about stability. Like I have, you know, my, like I said, my mom passed when I was 15. My dad and I stopped talking when I was 18. And so like my life has been like a wild ride the last like 15 years. And so like, I'm really good at creating my own stability, which I guess, wow, this show sometimes for me being single equates to stability. Like I can make a plan when it's just me I have to worry about, right? Like the minute you add, like, like if I know I have one slice of bread and one slice of cheese, that is all that I need. But if it's one slice of bread and one slice of cheese and it's now two of us, it's like now like we, there's planning that has to go into that, right? Like there's like space I have to make. And so for me, I'm just like, I just want consistency and stability and having felt so you know, having felt unstable and unsure and, you know, getting to a place that now I'm feeling really, really secure and terrified of like going back to that place. And so like I was telling a friend yesterday, like, I don't think I will live with someone again until I'm either their parent or their partner. Cause I've just gotten so used to like living on my own now. And that's kind of how I think about my life too. Like I have, you know, friends who are you know, long-term friends and, you know, things I'm really passionate about. But I think about my last boyfriend and when he would come to town, it would be like, I really want us to hang out and have time. But I also need you to know, like, I have this event tonight or, you know, I have this concert this weekend. So like, cause he didn't live here. So he would, he would drive in to see me over the weekends. And so like, it was hard. Cause like some days we, like I would know he was coming and then some days like, well, this got canceled. So I'm going to come now. And for me, that was like, unstable like it was like I'm such a planner and so I was like while I want you to be in my life I I realized now that I was fighting myself so much on it because it just wasn't stable so what I'm really like realizing right now is like maybe I'll just be single forever because I cannot control (laughs) what other people are doing but I just want a stable person like I don't want to feel like you're throwing a wrench in the plan like I want us to want like the same things and understand like we're going to be different people who want different things but yeah I just I I don't know what's your plan (laughs) my plan um kind of right now I mean I was just telling you like the plan right now I've always wanted to be self-employed and work for myself and now quarantine has allotted me that privilege of starting that process so the plan is like to be a self-employed business sort of consulting owner who can make her own schedule um, and make money doing things she loves, routine speaking engagements, this show, um, maybe ads here and there, whatever, whatever people need. Um, being a parent, I would like to be a mom by the time I'm 40. For me, I would prefer through adoption. Um, but if I end up with a partner who can get me pregnant and I end up pregnant, that's also cool. Um, so right now, like the plan is to be, as Beyonce says, my, my, uh, what is your ambition in life? And my ambition is to be happy, which I understand like happy isn't a destination. It's a choice and a journey. And so I want to be happy and I, and I am happy, but I'm happy single. And I think that throws a lot of people off because as a cis woman in her thirties, I should be wanting to get married and have this huge wedding. And I'm like, I, if, if I end up getting married, I've been like, I'm going to go to a courthouse and elope. And everyone gets like so offended when I say that. And I'm just like, well, yes, like I love having attention. I don't need to be the center of attention for a day. And like having thrown so many like large events, I know how much it costs <laughs> to throw big things. And I'm just like very realistic on things. So it's like if I end up getting married, I'd probably elope anyway. But yeah, I, I mean, I know I want to be happy. I know I want to be a parent. And if I end up being someone's partner, that's also cool. But I don't tie my happiness to being someone's partner. Did that answer your question? Yeah, that that definitely does. Um, I... I was seeing someone who, um, if there is like a, like a spectrum in a binary, right? Mm-hmm. There is someone who was like, okay, I'm going to date you. I'm going to date you forever. And this is it. This is the last one. Like, I don't have to worry about this anymore. Right. And on the other hand of that is someone who was recommitting to their partner every day. Um, and like waking up and being like, oh, wow. Like, I still love it here and this is really good. Like I'm reflecting and um, this is a relationship I want to continue for another day. And then like, if that was the the only spectrum, right? 
I am somewhere between like three months and a few years. Mm. Like that's what I'm like hoping for whenever I like start seeing someone. Um, and like when you have that goal and time frame already, you'll like meet people who are just like, I just want to sleep with you or um, I don't plan further than two weeks or you meet someone who, who is like recommitting every day. Um, and something that I saw like within having at least three months is I can build something within those three months. But something I saw within someone who is like seeing one day at a time was like their love and commitment was like honest, right? And I, I, I honestly like, you know, sometimes I like, I look towards people who date like that or who are in committed relationships like that. And I am like envious of that loud, bright sun in the center of the relationship. Now, on the other hand, like having someone get a, that is going to have my back for the rest of my life is like also going to be like really, really nice. And I think it gives me a really nice buffer to like the uncertainty of like life and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Um, and like being in between that and like leaning one way or another, depending on what happens in a, in within a conversation sometimes or uh, with like how life is looking. Um, I'm able to still like chase my ambitions, but also like have like firecracker moments of just like, wow, like that changed me as a person to have experienced that. Like, um, have you ever heard of the cosmic connections? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, I would run into people who were like heartbreakers and they would just ruin me. But, oh, God, do I learn so much. Mm. Like, I moved in with three of my past partners. And one of them, I lived with them for two and a half, almost three years. Another one I lived with for a year. <laughs> and another one um, quasi started living with me after two days of us dating and making out. I just said that while you were drinking. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Yeah, it was like 48 hours um, and they were sleeping over every weekday. <laughs> no judgment, just taking in information. Okay. <laughs> it's like super different. But like, like in those relationships, I learned how to be domestic. I learned that I didn't fit the script. I learned that if someone isn't, I, le I also learned that like sometimes like people change or people are bad roommates <laughs> and it just like it really does affect like a relationship like that so like now that I'm living alone and the ability to like really filter who comes into my home and how long they get to stay like it's really good also it sounded like you and that person also needed like a google calendar <laughs> situation <laughs> yeah, gosh dang mess <laughs> yeah and like I, that partner and like a lot of my friends get annoyed because I'm very much like if it's on my calendar it does not exist and it's not me like trying to be I don't know like pompous or be like I'm so busy it's just like no I want to be very intentional with my time and make sure I'm giving attention to you when I when we are together and like not being distracted so we yeah. for, for sure also he refused to use Google calendars and I just can't subscribe to that. I was like, I'm sorry, who doesn't use Google calendars? It was, that was the first red flag. I should have known. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a lot of people's red flag. It's like, Hi, how, how dare you? Uh, but yeah, I guess also for me, it's like, you know, having been single for so long, it's like, you can't miss what you never had, right? Like, so I don't like ever like miss or like yearn for a long-term relationship because I've like never had that like I don't know and also like I feel like as a cis woman who dates all genders you know it is expected there's still like this societal pressure of like like I said getting married having kids but then also like your dreams go on hold when you have a kid or like when you mm -hmm. get in partnership and I'm just like I don't want to subscribe to that like you know, my godparents, they've been married for over 30 years and they always say like, you, there are three people in your relationship, you, your partner and the relationship itself. And you need to daily choose all three of you, the relationship you have with yourself, the relationship you have with your partner, the relationship you have together, your relationship yeah. itself. And knowing that, it, that all three are going to constantly change and grow and not be the same as they were the day before. And so like, while I'm very much like, no, I'm constantly changing, I'm always different than the person I was before but also like realizing like like we all know like we aren't we all weren't raised the same way and so like it's just I don't know again me being very much having you know 
as a person who needs stability and a little bit of control, it's like very hard for me. So I don't know. One day, maybe I'll figure it out. But today is not the day. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, my goal was to be married by 28 and like start thinking about kids and stuff right oh but that was gosh. like that was like during my straight phase i was during my cis phase yeah that was like what i was like forced on me but now i'm just like yo i can like take a nap out. yawn like, <laughs> <laughs> but but like i'm also like willing and like open to that change if it happens you know i think my 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 stability comes with that relationship I have with myself and everything else that comes. I'm just like super, super grateful for like, and like, I like had like one of my partners is like straight up like, like asking me like, you have three partners, you're doing activism and you're dating a couple and you eat and you sleep and you, what, what's going on? How do you, how do you do that? I'm just like, oh, like I figure out which ones are like recharging me and which ones aren't, you know, and I pick and choose and like really like I try to figure out if I can afford certain people. Like right now, like I'm considered like polysaturated, right? Where like, I'm just like, I'm done. Like this is, I'm like, this, this is where my, my stability comes from is like, okay, now I focus. That's it. This is it. No one else. And this is the important part where like now I can like really like build upon things. Right. But that isn't because like, oh, I don't want more people. It's because I can't afford to anymore. Like it is it is just not fair to myself and also not fair to everyone who is involved. With me. Um, and having friends on top of that, like, I mean, how often do we talk? <laughs> not often enough, I feel. I, but, I like, agree. But I enjoy it like I having scheduled this time has been beautiful like and I know a whole bunch of people who like love doing nothing so much that if someone like puts last minute plans like they just gotta like no right but like talking with this is like feeding me right now and recharging me and like that is that really helps I mean you know me when we're not in quarantine I'm never home like I'm always out doing something same (laughs) right like yeah and like you're saying like it is so easy to like run into a friend when you're like out in the actual world doing things or like you know I've been telling people if you were just I've been answering all phone calls like if someone calls I'm like hello yes (laughs) what do you want to talk about the weather your dog anything like talk to me like I am for sure that's what's been feeding me especially like living alone being single not having kids or pets the whole shebang so like with me like person to person interaction in any way shape or form has really been feeding me so yeah I I feel you on that 100% (sighs) I just I feel like a friend of mine once said that like there are always three things in your life like your career um your family life and then like your relationships slash like interpersonal life and so one of those like all three are never going well at the same time like either your career is going really well and your family is all okay but like your friendships are suffering or like your friends and family are doing well but you're miserable at work or you know so you just lost someone in your family but again like your work life is great and your friends are great so with me for me it's been a lot of like a lot of change lately in quarantine because I mean I lost my job in May so like I've been trying to figure out what like what my job situation looks like haven't really been able to connect with friends except for on the phone or via like FaceTime calls like this um my family most of my family was back on the east coast like I haven't been able to like see my family um so yeah I mean right now I think quarantine has really been teaching me like again what is important what is what are things that I want to have as a priority and and make time for um, and so, yeah, I mean, I was just telling you, when we hopped on, like, and started this conversation, like, I made the conscious decision this year not to date. And I was recording with someone before. And I said, Yeah, like, I made this decision. She was, this is like the perfect time to do it. And I was like, Well, I made it back in January. She was, well, literally this year was like the, the cosmic year to do it because we didn't know that we'd be here in June. And so now I was like, I literally just started downloading the dating apps again today, which I hate. I hate I them. I, I hate them. them. No. Oh I'm God. very much like I'll meet someone IRL, but I'm not allowed outside right now. So Oof. yeah. But like it's been interesting like seeing my friends who have like been doing the dating apps and like meeting people and like building relationships there. And I'm just like like t- saying it out loud right now, I'm like, I'm gonna go delete these when we're done having a conversation. Okay. Um, <laughs> Whatever you need to do. Because it's just it it's not serving me, but it's then again like that societal pressure of like 
if it's almost like, especially again, as like a cis woman, like if you are not in relationship or a parent, your your value is diminished in a way. Like, you know, I've heard the comments of like, you know, you don't become a woman until you become a mother. I'm like, that's awful. That's to so say. harmful. Yeah. I was like, that's awful and harmful to say to people like, or like, you know, you know, the whole trope about your better half. I'm just like, you should be a whole person on your own and you should date someone who adds value to your life. For sure. But, you know, searching for my better half, I'm like, no, I'm fucking great. <laughs> like, I, I would love to improve, sure, but I think I'm pretty damn great on my own. Yeah. So it's just like all the, again, like these, so, so I've been calling like societal aggressions <laughs> onto like people. Um, because, like, like I said, I'm really solid. I'm really happy. I'm in a really great place, but it's just like, even still, like being all those things and being happy, I still feel like sometimes I feel like a failure because I am not in a relationship. And I'm just like, that's not fair either. So I don't know. There's just feelings. This is why we go to therapy, people. <laughs> why do we feel like this? Yeah. I mean, that's that's like taught to us, like for sure. Like I remember, um, I remember coming coming out to my mom and that was like one of the biggest questions. Like now, now what? Like is is like kids gonna happen? Is marriage gonna happen? Is like is it's just been a really tough time being able to like really tell people like I have no idea. Like you have no idea. Like like you're I mean, some I saw this really, really good video about someone just saying like, I don't think everybody should have kids. Like some people just want it because they're told they want it and then like like re-traumatizing themselves and their kids of just like stuff they haven't been able to work on. Like, I think you're, some folks are just like never ready to have a dog, much less a kid. Like, but they do it and they try to make it work. But I don't know, it really depends on the person and how hard they're willing to, to try and change and move through that. It's just so much, but I mean, I mean I've, I agree. I've not, <laughs> I, sorry, I'm saying I agree. I don't think that everyone should have kids. Yeah. I mean, I've not been single ever. I mean, a week? What's that? Like, that's like in quarantine, <laughs> yeah. that's nothing. Right. But, but like, sometimes I do wonder what's on the other side of the fence. Like, like what, what does single Nathan look like? <laughs> what do they do? How do they mm. do? You know, like, but also like. I feel like I should just be happy with what's happening too, you know? Like, That's an interesting question. What does, I wonder in an alternate universe what single Nathan looks like. What does, well, yeah, what does Nathan single? What <laughs> Nathan are they single? doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what are they doing? How are they dealing with this? Like, what hobbies have they picked up? Like, it's a lot of free time. <laughs> but, but I'm okay with what's happening. Like, I don't know, so much, so much beauty has come out of it. Like, having, I like recently, I just said I love you to someone for the first time which is like a huge deal yeah for me right and like oh my god it was it was like it was really like off the cuff but like now we're like it's like reignited or like read like we've rediscovered or discovered a different way to like be next to each other um and like just like looking at them and saying i love you and then and then like meeting it and then be like saying it and then feeling more in love with them like when when i say it and I feel it, I then immediately feel like, oh shit, I love them more now. And then I get to do that with two people right now. I'm not going to cry in this podcast episode today, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> we are not doing this to me. God, I want to hug you. Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> I am just an emotional person. It's okay. It's, I, it's okay. I'm a good, I cry all the time. It's totally fine. I'm just, my Pisces ass can't handle cuteness oh and love. My, yeah. I, my full chart is I'm a Gemini sun. Love it. Li- Libra rising. Uh-huh. Capricorn moon. I love a cap. <laughs> it, it, it's actually scary how on the nose it is. Right. And so like, for example, like, um, like feeling hurt, feeling mad, feeling sad, I clam up. That's my Capricorn. Like it's like on the nose, um, born a Gemini, like practicing poly. Like there's just so many like feelings with that. Cause I'm able to like really adjust just like how Libras are really able to like adjust like what's going on and how to be able to like make people happy. But, but sometimes I, uh, the Libra in me makes the decision to like make the other person happy more often than my even myself right yeah yeah wow 
This has been a real emotional episode. Like <laughs> talking to, about love. To question everything. Talking about love in the middle of an epidemic when we're all just like... Touched our... Seeing people again sounds like, well, who knows when that'll happen again. We're actually like, allowed to be out in public hugging again. I've completely forgotten how to be a person. I like straight up saw like this small family um, at Dick's. I was picking out a, a kayak. And, kayak. Um, I have a kayak. Yes. Okay. No judgments. Just making sure and, I heard you right. And um, and I straight up looked at them, and they looked like um, a family that plays softball during during the pandemic, like with uh, their yeah. church group. They looked they looked exactly like that. All of them had like sports t shirts on, and like 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 what is it? The holographic like sports glasses and stuff like, like aviators. That. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I just like out loud, full volume, just like normal talking voice said, yo, those people look whack. <laughs> I love the word whack. <laughs> whack is such a good word. I, someone literally told me they haven't heard it in like months or years. And that was the first person. <laughs> uh, well, I want to start wrapping up. Is there anything you want to mention that we haven't mentioned already? Any orgs you want to plug? Any things you can think of that people should know about i'll be sure to link everything that we've talked about in the show notes as well as like your instagram and all those fun things but for sure yeah um i am one of the co-founders of aqua or austin queer asians we're like an online community for individuals who identify as asian like the multitude of all asian identity as well as uh, lgbtq IA plus to like build and grow. We do like monthly socials. Um, I'm like planning one right now. It's going to be called Hi, How Are You? And we're just going to like have conversations and talk and like spotlight people. Um, it's a really fun group. And we've been like supporting each other through all the anti-Asian craziness that's happening right now. Um, and then, um, yeah, I think one of the things I like want to tell myself right now it's like it's okay to cry. I want to tell you that too. It's okay to cry. Oh, I am a crier. <laughs> so okay. Don't. Okay. Listen, I told you about to go watch uh, Pose and cry for two years, so it's fine. Oh, right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to a good Pose cry. So yeah. Well, as you know, I like to wrap every show with one last question, sort of like a palate cleanser, leaving, leaving us all on like a good, happy, high note. Um, and that question is, what is a piece of advice you would give to your younger self? Or what's the best piece of advice you were ever given? I mean, for sure, like the I'm you're allowed to cry was definitely changed me as a person. I would I don't know. I love that everything has happened to me, to my younger self. And so I just want to hug them, but it's okay to cry. I'm going to start crying. <laughs> it's totally fine. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. That's it for this week's episode of The Tea with Brie. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Tea with Brie. Send me an email at theteawithbrie at gmail.com and visit the website, theteawithbreepodcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. A special thanks to Mama Duke for our theme music, and I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.